Brothers and sisters, friends and comrades, this is the PRC Show. I am your host, Paul Cooley, and thank you for listening. Okay, it is the 23rd episode, and it is currently 32 degrees in Harrisburg. This is being recorded the first week of December. And today on our show, we're going to talk about a couple things going on in my life. We don't have a guest today. We do have... um, basically a mute person that's going to be here maybe chip in a little bit Juanita or Robin whoever you want to call her but um you know it's a 23rd episode 23 is my favorite number I turned 34 so I figured you know no guests also we've had some troubles booking guests due to um the location of uh, where I live in Harrisburg <laughs> why is that funny I'm sorry it's not funny it's not funny um, and actually, I'm going to talk about what I did today in Harrisburg. I went to a protest. But first, I want to talk about oh, this cat. And then I got, well, I, we have a cat on the episode today, too. Um, I went to a, a Lamaze class recently. And obviously, there's a reason for that. I'm not pregnant, but um, anyways. So I go to this Lamaze class. And... Um, you know, I was kind of surprised, but well, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. Maybe explain to people what Lamaze is who might not know. Lamaze is a breathing, um, that's what people know it as. It's like a breathing technique for pregnancy, for d- delivering a baby. Um, it is uh, a method of uh, stretches like yoga style and all kinds of different things to sort of make the birthing process as painless as possible. Um, I believe it was started in the 70s, and uh, I think we've all seen a lot of 80s sitcoms where you know the, the, the spouse goes to the Lamaze class with the wife, and it's all about breathing and stuff like that. But, you know, we did learn some... It's also I, supposed to be like a, you know, philosophy, too, of like... Yeah, of like women-centered... And women and em- empowering the woman... Being in touch with your body, listening to your body. Um, I thought it was pretty helpful, but uh, anything else you want to add about what Lamaze is? I mean, I think just to make sure that people understand what it is. Yeah. So at first, the beginning of the class, there was sort of like an icebreaker, and the men and the women had to separate and write down on a piece of paper like all the different issues and things that have been going on can you please move the cat away from the microphone? Thank you. God. Um, have you been drinking? No. Okay. Um, we're running a show here, okay? I mean, the cat's just happy to be part of it. So we, we're, we, we break into two different groups, and we're supposed to write down, um, you know, the different complaints of uh, what's been going on in the pregnancy, all the different things that are happening. Am I right about that? Well, it was more of like, what are the physical symptoms of the women that are uncomfortable? That's right. That's it wasn't like supposed to be complaints from the men. It was not supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be like. Obviously, you can see where this is going. Obvious. It was supposed to be like for women, they have heartburn. They okay, have okay. To hold on, on, hold on. I'm just saying it was not supposed to be a general area. It was of supposed to be a. By the males. All right. I right. just want to make that clear that that was not the assignment. What the assignment was, was both the different genders broke off. So the partners went in one room, the women, the men went in one room, the women went in the other. And actually it was like, can someone take notes and uh, report back? Well, I'm the only person out of 30 people that took a piece of paper and a pen. 
Um, so I obviously got duty to do that. I had the responsibility to take notes. And so I started right off, you know, okay, so I've noticed uh, my significant other has a heartburn. Um, people start saying some common things. This one guy, and um, we're going to call him Neanderthal Man. Um, right away, he's got a lot of, he, he brings a lot of stress to the room. He's like huffing. Like it, he was ready for this, and I could tell that he really wanted to unload. And I think he was hoping that this this was supposed to be like five minutes. I think he wanted this to be like a thirty minute kind of. He wanted a bitch session. Yes, let's just keep the language clean. But I think he wanted to to vent, and I I hope he does have a forum for that because I'll tell you what happened. So we start talking about the different issues that are going on, and right away he brings his chew out. You know, chewing tobacco or snuff, and he starts doing the old slap, and he's like, "Anybody want to chew?" And that's kind of how he talked. And uh, you know, I don't do that. And and he's like, "I brought two cans." This is like at a community center. Yeah, it's just community center, so it was kind of strange. Um, and he goes, "Well, the sex is out the window, number one." And he got he's holding his hand out, and he's kind of like counting them off, like he's. He's commanding the, he's holding the court. He's like, the sex is out the window. Um, I'm tired of the 2 a.m. McDonald's runs. <laughs> um, and, and then other people are sort of like chiming in with their issues. Like, oh, I've noticed she's going to the bathroom more. Or, you know, she's been a little cranky. And then like when someone would say that, he's like, oh, oh, a little, you know. <laughs> and then it got real weird because he goes, I've been spending a lot of time in the woods by myself. And I think people that were sort of like sympathetic to his like, okay, we're going to be macho and kind of complain about the woman. Women were like, whoa, like, where are you going with this? What do you mean you're spending a lot of time in the woods by yourself? Um, and he's like, I'm gaining weight too. He's like, I've been drinking more. And it's like, I'm trying to direct to get participation from everybody else. I'm trying to make it lighthearted. But this guy's like being real serious. Like he's struggling with this pregnancy more than his significant other, it seems. And um, he he just had a lot of like anger. In, I don't want to say anger. It's more like- He um, probably doesn't have a safe place where he can talk about this. No. And um, one, of the, one of the other men- So I'm a little- Concerned. One of the other men said, um, you know, uh, something about, he's like, well, you know, what are you going to do when the baby's here? He's like, I'll put a boppy on the baby and go out to the woods too with it. Like, <laughs> like that was his like safe space, like going out to the woods. Um, and then it was like sort of like the instructor came out and she was like, it's time to go back in. And, you know, he had his uh, empty Mountain Dew bottle with his chew, chaw, as they call. And we went back in. And, I, you know, I wish we would have had more time with him and would have flushed out some more of his concerns and maybe talked through it. I think that would have been helpful for him, which makes me think maybe they sh there should be classes for men. I mean, I felt like half the class half that class was aimed at the men anyhow. Because of the the itty, the um, very basic knowledge about like a female anatomy a baby comes out of the vagina like that it, it was not that bad but it was um so i thought the class overall was there was some stuff that we learned from it 
Um, but uh, there was, that, and then that guy did say a lot of Neanderthal type things later on in the course. I can't remember them all, but uh, you know, it made me feel good about myself. It made me feel like, wow, you know, you know, to to share this with my significant other, like, look at the guy. I, you know, th- this could have been your. This could have been who you're with, you know. So it's good that there's people. I'm glad that, these men like got so much out of the Lamaze class. Yeah, well, I like characters like this because I when I used to work for the union, there was this guy. Uh, we'll call him Christian M, and he was a terrible organizer, irresponsible, and we were always worried about our jobs, and we always knew that if he worked there, it's like, well, if he's not going to get fired then we're still safe because we know we're doing better than him. And um, that's kind of what he reminded me of in this Lamaze class, like this guy that's, uh, you know, uh, makes you feel a little bit better. At least you're better than him. Yeah, yeah, at least you're better than him. So um, anyways, this is the song I wrote recently. I want to just, Kate, do you hear the song playing in the background? Yeah. Do you like this one? It's a good one. This is a song that I wrote for another podcast that's not being used. And if you listen to it, hear it, it's a little upbeat. It's perfect. Yep for a podcast intro but, but the person didn't want it I think this is a great song yeah um, so we'll play it here and I'll play some other songs uh, that I've been working on for that show I don't play know. it like just by itself for like a little bit okay here what we go 10 seconds here Um, so th- I, I like that song. I mean, I, I never cleaned it up enough to I think I could punch up the guitars a little bit, um, clean it up. But uh, anyways, all right. So there's all these innocent black people getting um, violently murdered by the police this year, um, and uh, yeah, it's depressing. And you know, I was watching that um, Ferguson. Uh, the grand jury statement. Now, when I watched that, uh, I'm going to lead into, I went to Harrisburg, a uh, protest today for um, the, uh, who was the individual that was uh, murdered with a chokehold? Eric Gardner. Oh my God, I don't even know the person's name. Which, you know, the thing is, it's bigger than just one person. It's, it's this violence against a whole class of people that uh, needs to be addressed. Um, it's not just individual racist cops. Um, and who knows if some of them are even racist. It's just a um, attitude and a practice against folks that is disgusting and needs to change. I'll tell you what, I got white privilege. And this never happens to me. It could probably never happen to me. And that's one of my uh, superpowers. But um, so I was watching that Ferguson uh, grand jury uh, announcement, you know, they made it like a primetime thing. I guess that prosecutor really wanted to be on TV or whatever, so he saved it till 9 o'clock at night so people had all day to really get riled up for his uh, response. Um, but when I was watching it, I think I was drinking. I wasn't paying attention that closely. But when he came out, um, I, didn't, I didn't catch the very beginning. I know he complained about the media. 
but I thought it was like a clerk because he was very like neutral and just sort of like reporting methodically about like this is what the process was and I was thinking to myself like oh this isn't too bad like here's just like a neutral guy that's just explaining how things went and this is the reason why they came to the conclusion that they did um, and it, this this guy's he's just like a worker he, he's not really there to um, you know uh, advocate for anybody and then it turns out this is the prosecutor. Right. And I'm thinking, well, who's there to defend Michael Brown? I mean, for Pete's sake, um, this guy is acting uh, like he is the judge and jury in a way, and that he presented all, all, every single shred of evidence and had no motivation to say an, an unarmed person died and we need to do something about it. That was not his in his intention. And we can get all into that. We, sh we maybe should have a show on that whole thing or a discussion about it. But um, I don't have the uh, star power to bring any experts on or high thinkers about that. But, you know, so there was this other, uh, the chokehold, um, oh, what is his name? Eric uh, Gardner. Hold on. Let me freaking look his name up. Um, Gardner, Eric Gardner, Gardner. Um, now, so I went to this pro, I was at a coffee shop today. I had to go to class and I see these, um, they're typical. They are, uh, good intention folks. And I, li I like them. Um, but they're a little strange, you know, they're, um, they're not strange. I mean, they have, they have weird names. Um, they have like names like Slapshot and, and question mark. Um, that's not their names, but they're they're close to that. And um, I saw these young white kids. I think one's like a white person with like dreadlocks, you know, that type, which is fine. Um, and I saw them with signs. They're painting signs and stuff like that. Actually, they just had a couple markers. They had two little signs. And I said, oh, are you guys uh, doing a demonstration? And, and it, it becomes very apparent. Sorry for the stuttering. It becomes very apparent that they are, you know, doing the uh, anti-police brutality uh, solidarity uh, action. So I said to them, hey, are, have you talked to anybody in the black community or the Harrisburg social justice groups? Um, and uh, they looked at me like I didn't know what I, they, they were just totally baffled. But then the woman wanted to tell me her story about watching the news last night and being brought to tears about how... Um, tragic this was and watching the protests and she was just like kind of regaling us with um they shut down brooklyn or i don't even know because i wasn't paying attention really to that just like how cool it was i mean she's somebody that i think these people are actually good because i actually don't like going to protests believe it or not um but i figure it's my duty she's a person that like loves to go to demonstrations she's into it she was so so I said, hey, um, do you know any, uh, is there anybody from the black community going? Do you know? No, we don't. I have no idea. But we're going there at 5 o'clock. So I made a couple calls. I know somebody in the media that has talked to people, uh, know some of these folks. And unfortunately, there was, I did reach somebody. And uh, they, uh, this black leader um, said there was nothing planned, but uh after talking to him for a bit, he said he's going to put it on his message board and reach out to a couple of folks. But, um, you know, this was so spontaneous. Um, you know, this is almost, it was almost a youth led, um, protest. 
Um, and so some of these older folks in the black community, for whatever reason, they weren't, uh, you know, throwing anything. They, he did talk about probably doing something in the future. So he said he'd get some stuff on the message boards or make some calls. Um, and so anyways, I go to this protest. And at first, there's 10 or 15 people there, mostly uh, young white folks. Um, but then there was about 50 to 75 people there, which I think is pretty good for like a quick, yeah. you know. Um, and I would say 70, 30% black. Then there was some uh, younger black folks, a couple older black people. And, um, you know, this is what I don't like about demonstrations. So at first it was going great. We were standing on the corner. We had our signs. We we're doing some basic chants. Um, but they were doing a Christmas tree lighting. And so there's this choir singing like this heavenly Christmas music. <laughs> and it's angelic and beautiful and then we start no justice no peace and we were like directing it towards the this is the capital of harrisburg we're like directing it towards the capital and we're directing it towards these singers and i'm thinking to myself okay we have a lot of good things you're like high school kid yeah we got a lot of good things we have a lot of things going for us and i was actually on the front of the website of the paper so this was good this is a great thing because there's all this media there for the Christmas lighting, so that's good. There's more traffic there, so more c citizens are going to be educated. You know what? People are outraged in the Harrisburg area. This is affecting the whole country. There's people out there, a diverse group, that's saying this is wrong. Things need to be done, so that's good. But I think that people start to think like it's like a, a primordial... Um, evolutionary us against them type thing and they don't think about the bigger you know we're out here for these things and they see the target and then they just start sort of directing all their energy to the choir singers and the christmas person and there was the governor over there too and i'm thinking and i kind of joked to uh another older activist i said you know i think some of the uh people that are not paying attention to what's going on in the world might think that we're protesting christmas <laughs> because I think that definitely may have been what some people thought. And and particularly one woman's like, let's march across the street and go over there. And the person that's we'll say her name was question mark that sort of organized this was very animated and was really screaming loud. And she had some good protests. She actually had the um the the what do you call it? The mindset to say no, we shouldn't break up the group because we're stronger together. We'll be, you won't, we won't be as loud. And I was like, thank God. And then I echoed that to, to kind of squash the, the person that wanted us to like just start marching around and be whatever. And also, there was all these TV vans. So if we went over there, which unfortunately we end up doing, we would be behind all these vans. So traffic on the street wouldn't really see us. And the only people would see us would be the backs of these choir sing like the audience of people like these <laughs> choir singers. And, um, you know, that's that's not really, I don't think that's helpful, but people want to direct their anger towards, like, the state, the capital, and I understand that. Um, and this, I got to say, it's still a great event with no really organizing, but just a call to action, the internet, you know, a couple phone calls that I, one phone call that I made and some texting and um, I guess some various uh, whatever, random meeting up with people that, you know, we got 75 to 75 people there, but, um, there's no, uh, 
I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. Uh, and, and and then I'm there and I'm thinking. And one of them said, like, well, we don't want to escalate. So then we're like standing across. There's like, but the police are like 12 feet from us. And we're we're doing our chance. No justice, no peace. Or I like the Black Lives Ma- Black Lives Matter one. But um, there does get to the point where people just want to like yell at the police and stuff. And it's like we should be out here educating the, you know, showing our solidarity um, with what's going on with the other protests around the country. And then when passersby see us, we look reasonable. It, I think it marginalizes the, the protesters, myself included, when we're sort of, you know, I was turning my sign towards the street where a lot of people were showing their sign towards like Corbett and the, um, the young children singing. <laughs> and so I don't know. I just, I don't think, um, Showing your signs towards the Capitol, towards the police, you know, uh, I guess it makes them feel good. But um, I generally don't like demonstrations. I don't. Any thoughts on that? Well, sometimes you got to go to one, though. Yeah. And um, I'm glad I uh, I'm glad I, you know, was able to maybe make a little bit of an impact. But um, so, uh, you know, I'm 34 years old and I bought myself. Um, any more questions on the protest? No, sounds like a good job. Yeah. I'm sure it's uh, going to stop police brutality. Um, so, uh, oh, you know what? Let's get to, uh, I, I want to talk about what my birthday present was to myself. Um, and this is going to be a short show and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll have another show because we'll get to, we need to get 25 before the end of the year. Um, but, uh, let's get to our sponsor this week. Um, oh, I want to talk about... Yeah, this is interesting. So I'm in a book club with a bunch of 60-year-olds. How'd that happen? Well, at work, uh, I work in the emergency department at a hospital. Um, some of my co-workers were having this debate about a book they read called Five Days in Memorial about um, Hurricane Katrina in this hospital that one of the doctors euthanized several of the patients and then there was a lawsuit that was involved and um it was really a horrifying event the hospital was run by healthcare corporation of america which i think one of the parts of the book that i wish i was in this discussion i mean that corporation is a for-profit corporation and they have enough money to do whatever they want they could have done a lot more but they didn't do anything anyways i mean that's where the real outrage should come but the prem- the main outrage of the book is centered on this like physician, Doctor Poe, and um, you know, did she do? The- was she in a situation where she was trying to be humane, or was she sort of out of her? Um, was she, you know, did she cross the line? Did she cross the line? You know, I mean, you read the book, right? Yeah, it's a really good book. And what did you think of it? Well, it definitely does a good job of painting her as like a s- very sympathetic person and a good doctor and someone who has a lot of compassion for others. But I think it also sort of um, does make her decision seem a little questionable. Um, it It's like really interesting though. It paints a really interesting picture of what it was like to be at that hospital during that time for those five days and just all the problems that they face with having um, no electricity, 
and in you know tropical heat and flooding and the chaos of the storm and with very very critically ill patients and it's good because it she's a medical she's a doctor herself so she knows the lingo but she's a good writer so she explains it in layman's terms but if you're in the medical field too you you she doesn't um skimp on that stuff so it's a well it's done a book. Good read. The, yeah. the author is Sherry Fink, but it MD. like yeah, yeah. It, it broke my uh, no not broke that's the wrong word it it created a lot of debate in the book club which I didn't go to that meeting but they were all talking about it at work because some people were like she's a murderer, <laughs> um, and others were like well she did the best she could and given the circumstances I wouldn't call her a murderer she may have crossed the line but I can understand, um. And there was various different viewpoints. So when I was talking to her, them and then some of my coworkers, they were like, oh, you're a reader. We have this book club. You're welcome to come. The next book they were going to read was The Lemon Tree, which is about an Israeli and a Palestinian and about these two people that lived in the same house. One was kind of like a radical um, Palestinian uh, that lived in this house. He got removed during 1948. And then this Jewish woman who is Bulgarian, comes from the Holocaust, she, her family go and move into, uh, move, go to Israel and live in that house. And she's like, who used to live here before? And then it's a very good book. It's an interesting story about this, uh, these two people. But, uh, so I went to that book club and now I, and then I went to the second one and I'm, I'm now in this club. So, uh, the, but it's interesting because everybody is 50, the youngest person is, I'm 34 now. It's like, they're all in their sixties. There's a couple of nurses that are going to retire soon. Um, there's a doctor that goes there. Well, there's one doctor that's a guy, and then it's all women, and then me. Um, and there's I don't know, f- ten to fifteen people in the club, and they have they. What's nice is they they cook, so it's like they they make a dish. Everybody make, makes a dish except for me, or the host kind of does the bulk of the food. There's like nice food, maybe wine or whatever. We all sit down at a table and we eat our food, and then we begin the discussion. I mean, it's a uh, maybe I should go. To I this. know. And, and and we go and it's like in nice suburban area of Harrisburg, Mechanicsburg, like the central PA. So these are like I'm pulling up to the it's in the burbs. These places I've gone to but, and they're nice houses. I mean, these are people that are have worked all their lives and some of them are close to retiring now. But anyways, um, so the book I'm reading this week. Well, we're not doing it for December because the holidays is this is for December that I'm going to. So like all um, my my sponsors are the books I own, but I haven't read. But hopefully I'm going to read this soon. I need to. But I have not read it yet. And the book is. Savage Beauty, The Life of Edna St. Vincent Millay by Nancy Milford. Now, who the heck is this lady? She is a poet. Now, one of the things we do at these book clubs as you read a poem. Now, my first poem I read was a uh, Bertolt Brecht poem, um, Worker Reads History. Uh, but um, so if we, they're into poetry, and they everybody reads usually a poem at the, at the uh, meeting. But what's the back of this say? Thomas Hardy once said that America had two great attractions, the skyscraper and the poetry of Edna St. Vincent Millay. The most famous poet of the jazz age, Malay, captivated the nation. She smoked in public, took many lovers, men and women, nice. single and married, nice. flouted convention sensationally, and became the embodiment 
of the new woman. New woman is capitalized. I like this woman from what I've uh, briefly read. She was also active in the Sacco and Vanzetti uh, trial. She was protesting and stuff like that. So thumbs up there. Thumbs up on her uh, unconventional uh, stances. So I think I'm going to possibly enjoy it. I'm not that knowledgeable or uh, well-versed in poetry. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully I can get through the whole thing. Um, Okay, so buy that book at a used bookstore. I bought it uh, at a used bookstore, sort of. It's used. And uh, read it. And uh, maybe we can compare notes. All right. Thanks, Juanita. Do you still want to stick around for my discussion about the Kindle? Um, no, I have to take care of some stuff. Okay, I'm going to play this song now that I was working on today. That uh, I'm not going to make you listen to the whole thing, but I'm trying to do this thing with piano and guitar. And, uh, and then we'll get to the review of the Kindle Voyage.
All right, Christmas time is coming up, and you're thinking, what do you want to get your friends, family, significant other for Christmas? Well, I know most of the listeners of this show are big readers. And if you don't have a Kindle already, I hate the fact that I'm going to be promoting something without getting money for it. But if you don't have an e-reader, let's put maybe steal it. Well, I don't want to say that, then I get in trouble. But um, whatever, we live in a society where we buy things and we have to support for-profit capitalist organizations. So, so be it. Anyways. Um, so I had, uh, recently was looking at the new Kindle Voyage, and, uh, I have the Kindle 4. Uh, the Kindle 4, no one really calls it the Kindle 4, but it's the first Kindle that didn't have the actual physical keyboard. It was very light, and, uh, this came out in, like, 2011, I think, 2010, let me check this out on the computer here. Um, and mm, let's see, fourth generation Kindle. Fourth generation Kindle came out in, yeah, 2011. And, I, you know, I really liked this thing. It was uh, super light. It had like four buttons on the side, two buttons on each side. So two big buttons to go forward, and then at the top of those, two buttons to go, like a button to go back. It wasn't a touch screen, but the uh, image, the e-ink display was pretty clear, and it would refresh. You could set it on a thing where it would refresh every page turn, or after three page turns, um, it would refresh. And I think it's like the same thing with those Etch-A-Sketches. Like, it's the same type of technology. But... It's uh, very convenient to read. You don't. It's not like a tablet. Like there's not a backlight to it. There's not a screen you're looking at, so you don't get eye fatigue. And I really like this device. You can hold like thousands of books on it. Um, you can even use it to get books on the uh, you know uh, library. But what I like about it too is you can get some scholarly books that are like free or out of date or like PDF books that like universities. You basically put on the internet for free, and then you can convert them to a file called like a Mobi or an EPUB, and rather than rather than spend like 60 bucks on a book, you can, uh, can just convert it and put it on your Kindle, you know. Um, and also, a big fat book is a lot heavier than this like, uh, whatever, five ounce uh, little plastic device. So I saw they made the new Kindle Voyage. Now the Kindle Voyage is a big step up in the technology. It's, uh, you know, it's a touch screen. It's a big piece of glass. Um, and, you know, I like my Kindle so much, I'm like, well, I don't really need to get a new one, but uh, I'm kind of um, a victim of uh, marketing. I am a victim. I'm a victim of marketing and uh, the shiny new toy factor of this thing. So I wanted to try it out. So my goal was I'm going to try this out for two weeks, which I've done before. I've, I've bought uh, expensive uh, headphones. I bought, uh, I bought the first uh, Nexus 7, actually. And I, tr- I do like a trial run, and, you know, you take it back, take, get all your money back. You get two weeks to try it. So that's what I did. So as soon as I got it, my first reaction was I'm going to take this thing back. And the reason for that was... 
minor little detail here, but the Kindle fourth generation is a, s- a couple millimeters slimmer width-wise. Um, they're about the same in weight. I think the Kindle fourth generation is a little bit lighter, but the fact of the, the Kindle, the fourth generation, you can hold it in one hand and just like use the buttons to just flip through. Super easy to do that. Um, you, I mean, really just rest in your hand super comfortably. And, uh, so when I got the voyage, I'm like, you know, mm, I don't know. And, and the, and the Kindle Paperwhite, the one before this was, is bulkier. It's, it's heavier, it's wider, not by much, but enough that, uh, you know, I'm not, I wasn't even going to go there. So, um, but after using the, the voyage for a little bit, uh, I kind of got used to it and it, it wasn't so much of a problem. Um, but let me actually go through this, the, the, the criteria that I used to judge the Voyage versus the Kindle fourth generation. So I came up with a rating scale, as we all do when we buy products. And I broke it down to like handling weight, size, um, screen or pixels, battery life, the interface, um, and then like lighting. Okay. And I kind of gave a point for each. Um, and if, if one, if it was really better, I gave one point, or if it was just a little bit better, I gave half a point, um, or I could go up to like two points and then I tallied it up. So for size, weight, and handling, I actually gave, uh, the Kindle fourth generation one point because it's a little bit lighter and it's in it, but you know what, if you actually pick these two up, you'd probably think I'm insane because it's millimeters wider and the weight is only a couple ounces. So the weight, it's not really that significant, but I'm going to say one point there still. Kindle 4 wins. But the screen is significantly better. So the pixels per inch of the Kindle 4th generation is 167 Kindles per uh, uh, pixels per inch. This thing is, uh, the new one is 300. So like it basically looks like text. And uh, at first... You're like, yeah, that's nice. But once you go back to the other one, you start to really notice it. And I, you know, I was like, eh, it's not that bad. Like the my original Kindle's not that bad. It's still pretty good. But it's it's nearly double the it's it's nearly doubling the improvement. And uh, so when you get really can and I have really good vision, so I can read text on the on like the smallest. I don't read it the smallest, but like, you know, the, with a Kindle, you can change the font size so you can, you know, be like an old person with bad eyes and really increase the size or have it at a lower, uh, you know, small font, and which is nice because if you go like run on the treadmill, which I have done and you had the Kindle there, you can really increase the size while you're jogging along. Um, but the screen is super nice. Um, so I gave that two points. Uh, battery life. They're supposed to be about the same, but I suspect just um, because this one has a light and I think there's a little bit more interface with the touch capacity as opposed to the uh, Kindle 4, um, I think it's a little bit um, worse. But we're still talking like weeks. So if you only have to charge it once every two weeks, you know, not really a big deal. But so I'm still going to give the Kindle 4 half a point 
uh, battery or uh, half a point for that. Now, the interface was something that it took me a while to get used to. You have the screen. The, the, the touch screen is something that's, you know, it's not like an iPhone or a, ta you know, a tablet where it's seamless and perfect. But there's some pretty cool things still anyways. If you put your finger on a word, it gives you the definition and it gives you a, Wiki a Wikipedia entry specific for, like, the Kindle. So it's not a big, ugly Wikipedia where you have to kind of scroll down. It'll, it gives you like an abbreviated version of the uh, Wikipedia entry. And then if you want to go to the Wikipedia site, it'll take you there. But um, this is not an internet surfing tablet. There's no really point to do that. You can like scroll down with your finger and read more about it. But, and I use that a ton. I did not use that on the Kindle 4 at all. Um, now, the Kindle 4 did have the, did have the dictionary, but you had to use buttons and kind of like manually scroll down, which actually was not that big of a deal. I didn't really find that a problem, but this was faster. And the Wikipedia thing is pretty cool because sometimes if it was like a person's name, like I'm reading this book right now about the English, uh, English history um, from like this, from Stonehenge to uh, the Tudors by Peter Ackrod, which is pretty good so far. Anyways, so there's a lot of, like, there's kings in there and different characters. You put your name on one of them, it'll give you the, often just a Wikipedia little entry. Uh, so that's very convenient. Secondly, this book has something called Vocabulary Builder, which is pretty cool because every time you put your finger on a word, it logs it into a, like, if you don't know what the word means, you know, you put your finger on the word, you, uh, it logs it into... Um, like you, this vocabulary builder, and then you can go to that function of the Kindle and do some like vocabulary learning. So I, I like that. Um, it's uh, sometimes annoying because if you just like hit the word the, <laughs> like that'll go into your vocabulary. But um, you know you can easily delete those from your uh, your like vocabulary log. The, the Kindle Four does not have that. Highlighting is actually just about the, the same. I like to do the highlighting because then you can go back and it, it saves those because I like to mark up in my paperback books. And you can highlight here just by holding your finger, scrolling down. Pretty easy to highlight after like trying playing with it for a day. Um, I got pretty good at it. The, the, the Kindle 4, you just use the mechanical tabs. And actually, I find that not that difficult. So I wouldn't hold that against the Kindle 4. But the interface with... Um, the vocabulary is better. Also, the store feature, it's easier to go to the Kindle store. Unfortunately, that could end up costing you more money, but it's easier to scroll through books. And actually, just the touch screen in general, when you're typing things in, uh, in the store, because uh, you know you can just like buy books on there, is easier. You know, you don't have the put the keyboard and scroll through every little letter. So I'm going to give one point for interface. And, oh, there's two... Okay, let's go back to the buttons. There's still physical... Well, sort of physical buttons, but they're like these vibrating buttons that, are, that mimic the Kindle 4 on the Voyage that are on the left and right. And so I now have been able to kind of still go back to how I used to do it with the 4 on the Voyage and use one hand and turn the pages. You can also just touch the screen and turn the pages, so that's nice. So if you're like running on the treadmill, you know, and you can't actually hit this left or right side of the um, tablet, you can just touch the screen. 
so that is definitely a point for uh, the voyage. And the last thing, now based on that, um, the score is pretty close. It's like one, what I have, three points for the voyage, one and a half for the Kindle. Now, the Kindle's, the Kindle, the first Kindle I bought was like 79 bucks. You could probably get it for like 50. And if you get a used one, you know, it's probably even less than that. I think I saw it at a used store down the street for like uh, 40 or something. This voyage is like 200 bucks. So that's too much money. Um, and if it was just based on the things I talked about, I would not have kept the voyage. So, spoiler, I kept it. That was my birthday, though. Come on. Um, but there's this, this other feature that is really awesome. Now, it's the backlight. The backlight is great for multiple reasons. It's actually always on. I mean, you can turn it off, and, uh, you know, that's fine, but the battery, it doesn't really drain the battery. So what you do is you keep it, it goes from 0 to 24, and 24 is way too high. It's way too bright. But it's not like a backlight when you're looking at your phone or reading on your phone or an iPad or any sort of tablet. It's like a glow. And so what it does is it does this thing that reacts to the light in the room. So the brighter it is in the room, believe it or not, the light gets brighter on the screen so there's not like a glare. And it's supposed to like, the idea is like if you're out in the beach and it's sunny out, then the br it will get really, really bright so you can, you know, you know, see the text. And you don't get eye strain with this at all. Um, and then when you turn the lights off, it like dims slowly so your eyes adjust. Um, and I usually have it always set at like 9 to 14. No, not even 14, probably like 9 to 13, even in the dark. And then at dark, I'll... I'll take it from uh, 11 maybe to, to 9 to 8. But it's really great because then you can read in the dark. And the previous Kindle, I used to have a book light on it, but the book light was too bright. And then, you know, you had to always, like, move the thing because it was shining off of it, and it was a pain in the butt. And then you had to have a battery for it. And this was the biggest selling point for me, that, like, you never have to have a light. You never have to have a book light. You can read at night. You can read, like, you don't have to, like, turn the light on. Like, if you're in a just a little bit of light, and you're, I mean, you, you can read it in the dark, frankly, but um, there's no eye strain at all. Um, and you can read on the beach. But why would you even go to the beach? I mean, do people like the beach? I don't know. I, I, I do kind of want to take this thing to the beach just to see, you know, if it's, in, well, maybe in the summertime when it's really bright, if this whole, like, you need to crank the light up because it'll be easier to read. But I'm just not a beach person. You know, sand you know, uh, heat, hot, it hurts your feet, um, and then salt and stingrays, uh, you know, I, 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 that sand gets everywhere, it gets in the groin area, um, and then if I had the Kindle there, I'd have lotion on, then I'd have the sand, it could scratch the glass, I, I'm, I probably won't go to the beach with the, with it, but, uh, we should have a discussion about beach at some point. I know some people, uh, my, my father-in-law says there's people that like uh, rivers and woods or mountains, and there's uh, 
beach and ocean people. And he says he's like a rivers and mountains person or whatever. Um, I, I guess that's what I am. I think I'm more of like an inside person in general. But uh, so that's my thoughts on the Kindle Voyage. I would say I recommend it. And I'm hoping based on this, I get a little kickback. I wouldn't say if I did, I wouldn't tell anybody. Um, you know, if those uh, capitalist big bastards want to give me some money, I won't say anything negative about Amazon. That's not true. Because I have other things I need to say about Amazon negatively, about their labor practices. And uh, so, yeah, forget that. All right. Uh, we're going to have another show before Christmas, definitely. I want to have a film review. I saw Interstellar. I want to see Whiplash. Um, I'm probably going to have some more music. I want to have more guests. So happy 34th birthday, birthday to me. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And... Sorry for no guest, but um, we'll have a show in two weeks. Let's put it that way. We're going to do that. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be safe. to you by the roommates of Salvador and Kate G. Executive producers Josh Ferris, all labors donated. Thanks for listening.